sometimes. The best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the back of the range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 266. Well, here in Aiken, South Carolina, back at the Palmetto Amateur. Thrilled to be here at Palmetto Golf Club. Um, Really, this was last year at this time, this was really the start of me doing a lot of content at amateur tournaments. So really, uh, really happy to be back one year later. Look forward to being involved with this tournament for many years to come. Seeing a lot of friendly faces, a lot of great players. Just uh, buckle up. It's going to be a great, great amateur tournament. Make sure you're following. Make sure you're following on social media. Go to Palmetto Amateur on Instagram. That's where you'll see photos, videos, interviews, everything that you're used to seeing on the back of the range Instagram account. You'll also see it at Palmetto Amateur. Going to keep the intro quick on this episode. Want to want to get this out to you as quickly as possible. We just concluded with the big 4th of July weekend. Everyone is feeling nice and patriotic, I hope. So thought this would be a great opportunity to release this episode. My guest just led the United States Curtis Cup team to victory at Marion in convincing fashion. Sarah LeBrun Ingram, captain of the U.S. Curtis Cup team, joins me on this episode here at the back of the range. Sarah played on three United States Curtis Cup teams in the mid-90s. She's also a three-time U.S. Women's Mid-Amateur Champion. We spoke about her start in the game, what brought her back to the game after a lengthy layoff. You know, she never turned professional. She's a lifelong amateur with obviously an impressive resume. We spoke about the differences in her two Curtis Cup captaincies. So she led the U.S. team to victory over in Wales at Conway in 2021, which really should have been 2020, but, you know, COVID. We spoke about some of the players on the U.S. team and what impressed her so much about their play and also their ability to influence so many youngsters at Marion. So at the beginning of this episode, you're going to hear Sarah and I discuss the fact that she's getting ready for the U.S. Women's Senior Amateur Qualifying. And at her location, only two spots were available. Well, you know what happens next. The mojo is real. Sarah qualified And guess who gets the other spot? You just can't make this up. Brenda Corey Keene, another back-of-the-range guest. She had the mojo going, obviously. So these two 1996 United States Curtis Cup teammates are going to Anchorage, Alaska to play in the U.S. Senior Women's Amateur, the first USGA championship ever contested in the state of Alaska. They are on their way. Congrats to both of them. And obviously, the mojo is activated. Quick housekeeping item. There's a lot of merch coming into the merch store at the back of the range, and there's a lot going out. So I'm restocking hoodies, restocking hats. Um, As always, when I'm out traveling, there might be a little bit of a gap and delay on when it gets delivered to you. So my apologies for that. But go to thebackoftherange.com. Check out the merch store. There's always new things being added. Anything you pick up, it supports what I do around here greatly appreciated if you ever wondered hey how how can i help this is how you can help go buy a shirt go buy a hat um anything you do is greatly appreciated so let's get to this episode captain sarah lebron ingram welcome to the back of the range how are you 
I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks well, for having me. Absolutely. And and congrats coming off of uh, your, your second victory as the uh, captain of the United States Curtis Cup team. And I guess it's been about a week or two now since uh, since Marion. And I guess the, the question is, uh, obviously, to start is, have you have you kind of come back down to earth? And um, how has life been since since the uh, the, the celebration at Marion to 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 right now? Um, well, it's been, you know, I mean, definitely have wonderful memories and, um, it's definitely great to come back, um, to come out on top, um, with the win, but I, I, uh, actually have not been able to savor it too much because I've been trying to get ready to play myself. Nice. So you have, you have us, uh, you have us senior amateur qualifier coming up in, I guess, a couple days, right? Uh, yes, that's right. So I've been trying to cram. Um, cram and uh, and my husband said to me the other day, he's like, Sarah, you can't cram for golf. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, well, no, actually, I think this is kind of interesting because you know the back of the range is all about trying to give some of the knowledge from my guests that have accomplished so much in the game and pass it along to to you know people that listen that maybe they're trying to qualify for their club championship or maybe it's a a junior that's trying to get into a u.s junior or a state junior and i actually think this is kind of interesting you know, we kind of joked about you know cramming for a golf tournament or cramming for a qualifier you know let's say you're in a position where you can't practice as much as you'd like to because of work or a vacation or maybe an injury or maybe you're the captain of the Curtis cup team. How do you try and get your game ready as quickly as possible when you may not have had as much time as you would have liked? Well, let's see. I've just been trying to hit balls and uh, really trying to play more than, than anything else. Okay. Um, that's, that's where I, I mean, I don't know if you know, you know, some of my history in the back. Uh, I, I played a lot. And then in 1996, like I, that was my last year of tournament golf and sure. I really didn't touch a club again hardly touched the club until 2018. So I've been pretty on and off since then trying to get back to it, having a lot of fun with it, but I guess I'm relearning how to practice and to play. And that's, what's been really fun for me is trying to get better, but um, I just don't have as much, I don't have the time to practice like I used to. And I, I find myself, I guess, practicing for an hour or two. And I just, I'm never really playing that much and I need to start playing more. And so I have been trying to do that this past um, 10 days or so. Well, we'll definitely talk a little bit about your kind of restart in the game as far as playing. I know you've picked up, uh, you know, a couple wins over the last couple of years. So whatever you're doing is working, but uh, I know a little bit about your history and the start of the game, but this is the part of the episode where we like to share that. And, you know, before you went on to to win three U.S. Mid-Ams and play on three Curtis Cup teams, had a really great career at Duke. But I, I'm curious, how did you get into the game of golf? Um, you know, what was your introduction and, and how did it kind of, you know, grab hold of you and become obviously a, a really uh, present part of your life or, or really the, I mean, your entire life? Well, I loved sports when I was little. Uh, from the get-go, my dad was a great athlete. Uh, he was an all-American lacrosse player at Washington Lee and he loved sports and he had four daughters and um, actually two from a previous marriage. And then my sister, he's uh, younger than I am and me. Sure. Um, and he just 
always was outside with us throwing the ball around basketball lacrosse whatever but we belong to a club green spring valley hunt club in just outside of baltimore and we my sister my younger sister and i went to camp there and we were uh introduced to golf and tennis and swimming and i loved i loved all of them all of it so but um i guess when i was 12 my parents the the tennis pro and the golf pro both came went to my parents and said that sarah could be really good at one uh be very good at one of these sports if she just focused on one of them. Interesting. So that winter, my parents made it possible for me to have a tennis lesson every week. Um, and then in the summer, I had some golf lessons. And pretty much after my, I guess maybe that summer, I was 13, they said, you know, okay, you've, you know, I had experience in both sports. So which would you, which would you choose? And I said, um, I came, you know, I chose golf. So, and then from then on, I I pretty much practiced mainly golf and that's what I was, you know, focusing on. I I did still play basketball in high school and I played lacrosse and field hockey through ninth grade. And at the club, I, you know, I would practice golf and I would also play some tennis here and there, but really it was all golf is where I was trying to, trying to uh, be the best. Sure. And, and, And was it the competition aspect of it that, that maybe drew you to it or was it just the actual, just athletic activity of just, you know, playing the game itself? Cause again, you know, a lot of, you know, whether it's juniors, I talk to some people thrive on competition. Some just have that love of the game and they, you know, they don't care whether it's in a competitive environment or not. Do you remember maybe what kind of drew you more towards golf than tennis? pretty much anything I'm doing or want to do is, I mean, sports wise, I'm going to, I'm competitive. In okay. it. So it is the competition is what I like. I mean, that's, that's what I like, I, but I love the sports too. And I just love being, um, you know, I love, I still love tennis. I don't play actually much anymore because for physical reasons, but, sure. um, yeah, you know, I've loved tennis. I've loved golf. I love, you know, I just love sports in general. Well, we'll we'll talk about your resurgence in the game, but you know, obviously, you've had this in, incredible, uh, you know, part of your life as a as a captain of this Curtis Cup team. You know, you're on three teams in the in the mid '90s, and you know, you shared uh, you know shared team rooms with, you know, oh gosh, I mean, Brenda Corey Keene and Martha Lang and, and Carol Semple Thompson and, and you know Kelly Keeney and just you know a lot of these these, these greats yeah. in, in Curtis Cup you know, COVID happens, but, you know, you were, you were officially announced, the USGA announced you at least to the, to the, you know, to golf fans uh, on the outside, uh, you know, as the Curtis Cup captain on March 12th, 2019. And then obviously COVID postpones the matches in 2020. That team competes in Conway in 2021, um, you know, a little bit more than two years after you were announced you have such a long lead time before you actually get to stand on that first tee and see that first match go off. I'm sure that moment is etched in your mind. And and I'm probably, you know, if there was a caption to a picture of you standing on the first tee of that match, it, the caption must be just like, finally, we're here. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, how did you, I mean, I, I could just imagine just mentally, it had to been like, so just, uncertain and draining just the entire time leading up to Conway when it gets postponed. How did you prepare for your captaincy while there's so much unknown? Well, we had done, I mean, we, we, I had already done a lot of preparation going into 2020. Right. Uh, 
And, you know, so it was canceled just a few months before we were supposed to go. Truthfully, I think for me, it was a, it was a good, you know, it was, it wasn't all bad that it was canceled. I mean, I guess I, I was, uh, it was good for me to have a little more time, right? Um, a little more time to, uh, to get to know collegiate golf, women's amateur golf and collegiate golf. I, uh, I, like I said, I, I had been away from golf for a while. So 2018, we had the women's amateur at golf club of Tennessee and that's kind of how I got back into golf. And so really just be, and then being announced as captain about seven or eight months later, you know, I had a lot of catching up to do. And so that extra time helped me, I think, you know, to know what I'm, to understand more what my role was. Sure. Even though I really, I'll just tell you the truth. Even when I was standing on the first, day, I was kinda, when it was actually happening, I was still, I was probably a little deer in the headlights. So I'm like, sure. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But anyways, uh, it was a fun experience and, um, getting to go to all the collegiate tournaments, the women's amateurs in preparation, you know, for the team, for picking the team and all that, all that went into that. That was uh, really fun for me. I think that was the most, a lot of the, a lot of the fun was just getting to go watch great golf. Yeah. Cause, cause once the team set and everyone's in their uniform and you're there, I mean, it, your, your work is, you know, the, the preparation is done now. It's just, you know, put them out and, pair them up but yeah i would imagine just going and watching and getting to know the players and also the families too that's probably another big key is just getting to know you know where these players come from and, and who's behind them as well yeah well i mean that was one difference between um so 2020 or 2021 as you said um august of 2021 we were still limited with covid sure. so none of us the only parents that were there in conway were the, the keens and Brenda had said, uh, if I have to swim, I'm going. So she, uh, <laughs> she got there. I mean, she, they got there. They, they navigated it all. Um, so they were there, and I think Jensen's coach was there. And I, I think that was it. So And we weren't allowed to um, – none of my family was there. None of, And then we had uh, 10 officials, um, 10 USGA officials sure. that were with us. So we were isolated. Um, we weren't allowed to interact really with the other team. I mean, we could see them sort of through our, our glass players room um, across the way. And they had a sort of a glass one too. We were like in these little fish bowls and um, oh, wow. we could see them, but we couldn't really interact with them unless we were on the golf course. <laughs> so, but it, I think that experience was selfishly, I think it was a great experience because we had to lean on each other. We had to, we really bonded as a team because we, you know, that's all we had was each other. And uh, I think that was, I think that was one of the best. I mean, that was a great part of it just because um, we got to really know each other. And, and I think when we were after we, when we were down after that first day, the, the girls really came together and just fired each other up and, you know, they came out blazing the next day. So. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, like you said, come from behind win at Conway, you know, after that strong single session. And, you know, I, I remember speaking with a handful of the players, and you're right. That is, and by the way, that is 100% on brand for Brenda Corey Keene. She's, she's been a guest here at the back of the range. I, I see her, uh, seeing her, obviously saw her at Marion, saw her at Women's Am, but that's 100% on brand. Nothing is going to hold her back from, from, from being around Curtis Scott, being around Rachel playing golf. 
Um, what was, I mean, you know, I know you had the true home course advantage at Marion, but was it more of a challenge captaining at Conway or, or at Marion? Well, definitely Conway just because, um, it was my first time doing it. Uh, like I said, I was during the headlights, just wasn't sure how it all worked. Really, You know, I think that was, uh, how how all was going to work and with, uh, getting your pairings in on time and putting people, the players together. We also, I mean, last, that year was a tough year too, because we had, um, because it was in August, we had to deal with Q school happening. So we had three players that went to Q school and two players that had to be vaccinated. And so those five players, so we, you know, we had eight players and two alternates and the alternates traveled with us. So we had, Five players that left the states on Friday, the week before, and then five players that did that left on Tuesday and didn't arrive until Wednesday. And Thursday was our flag raising, so they came and they only had one practice round. Wow! So I had, you know, four pl- and in each each of those groups of five, one of them was a an alternate. So I had two, I had four players for a few days that got to know the course really well and then, and got to know each other. So I, those four, I, uh, I had Rosen, Rachel Heck together and I had Rachel Keen and Amelia together. And those, those four played, um, alternate shot together both days. I mean, the, the third, my third alternate shot team was a crapshoot because <laughs> I had Jensen had never played alternate shot. Oh my Brooke, Matthews had barely, Brooke Matthews had barely played it before. Um, Gina had won the Q school, so she was kind of wiped out. And Allison Corpus also hadn't played a lot of alternate shot, I don't think, either. So, I mean, I just, you know, so it was, it, that was, a, it was kind of a crapshoot on that one. And Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting because, you know, for people that are back stateside, they're just pulling up the scores uh, on on the USGA website and they're just seeing all they see is a one up or a two up or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And they don't know all the details of basically it's almost like you're captaining two separate, not separate teams, but you have two distinctly right you have two distinctly different teams, one that's been there kind of more prepared than the other you got people that are Maybe coming from, yeah. So, wow. So, that sounds to me like Conway was a, a much bigger challenge than Marion. It was a logistical challenge for sure. <laughs> and then it was, I know, for my team manager, Laura Nocta. <laughs> oh, oh Sarah, Sarah, you're reading my notes. You're stepping on my next uh, question. Look what you did okay. there. No, you're doing great. I'm kidding. You're doing fine. Yeah. So, that was, and then, yeah. Yes. Just trying to figure out how we were going to manage it all. And, um, you know, how they were going to play. And so it was, it was not surprising actually that we came out the first day, you know, a little rusty. Sure. So anyway, they, they came back the next day, as Gina Kim said, we're only one sweep, one morning sweep away. I think something <laughs> like that. So, and that was, you know, how it, 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 you know, it worked and it worked out for us. Yeah. The next day. Well, since you mentioned her, uh, let's talk about the one person on the U.S. Curtis Cup team that did not earn one point for you, did not hit one shot for you, but uh, as you said very uh, very eloquently at the closing ceremonies at Marion, 
just a vital part of, of the team, Laura Nocta, who is her day job is the director is a director of championships at the USGA and uh, you know, handling the US women's mid am. But, you know, her other her other side job is being the team manager for the for the women for the Curtis Cup team. And you know, this is kind of like she mirrors what Robbie Zalsnick does for the men uh, on the Walker Cup side of the house of the USGA. Of all the things that she does, I mean, can you maybe share any sort of an anecdote of where, like, Laura just kind of saved the day? I mean, I'm sure there are many, many stories you can pull from, but is there one that was like, oh, thank God Laura's here. Thank God Laura's here. <gasps> um, I don't think there's one. I think. Oh, well, I know. Like, I know there's not one. I I'm think sure. that that was a daily, um, I mean, actually that Marion, we start, it was kind of funny. We, we all now we're, you know, we kind of say, Laura, <laughs> like, I mean, she'd send us a detailed text um, every night before the next day to say what we were supposed to wear. You know, she and I had already discussed what we were going to wear and all that, but she, right. she'd send it to the team, to the group text. She'd say, you know, wear this. Don't forget this hat. Wear, make sure you bring this. We're leaving at 5.15 and we're going to have breakfast. And, you know, she'd lay it all out there. In a text. Right. And I mean, inevitably, every time somebody forgot something they were supposed to bring, they, you know, or they'd ask her a million times, we'd all, <laughs> I'm guilty too, but <laughs> ask her, what time are we leaving? When are we going again? And just like, it's in the text, <laughs> Read the text from Laura. She's got, I mean, she had a, uh, I mean, she, she's a, her attention to detail is pretty amazing. And, um, and I guess it has to be for that, for all that she does. But, um, you know, she's got to, she makes it easy for, it, it should be easy for us to figure out what we're supposed to bring. Right. I mean, we have a checklist before we come. Bring these uniforms, bring this, bring your, you know, underwear, bring your toothbrush. I mean, just, it's detailed. And, you know, people would forget things and she, she would miraculously, uh, you know, come up with them right. somehow. So. Yeah, she's she's MVP, I think. <laughs> I uh, that would be a whole other entertaining episode if I could somehow get a hold of Laura to share some of the stories from behind the scenes of, of the Curtis Cup. And I haven't been successful in, in acquiring Robbie, but he knows I'm after him. But uh, that, that would be a fun conversation. Now, I, 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 you know, we don't have enough time to single out every one of your players, but there are a few I'd love to get your thoughts on. You know, uh, the back of the range has always been and always will be about amateur golf and and one of the great things is it like you know whether it's sharing knowledge for juniors to pick up or to talk about what's going on in college golf or get great you know great stories from mid-ams and senior ams that have this lifelong relationship with the game i know you're a lifelong amateur it's getting less and less realistic in in these days for 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 players to remain amateur but I'm guessing you have a special connection with Amelia Miliacho. You know, she is going to stay an amateur, someone that's kind of carrying on the mantle, so to speak. Uh, how much fun has it been for you to to be around her for these? Gosh, I mean, it's it's three, four years now, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, she's been at all. I say I've been at three practice sessions and and now two two Curtis Cups, and uh, she's a great girl. You know, when she wrote that article last year, or right before, I guess, ANWA uh, 2021, about remaining amateur and wanting to play for the love of the game, pretty much. And, I, you know, I, I I told her 
I think I told her then, or not that, not right then, but probably maybe that summer, maybe at Curse Cup, just that, you know, I was very pleased that she had written that and put it out there because I, I do think people need to know some of these girls and guys coming up that it's not, you know, professional golf isn't the be all end all. Yeah. Um, you know, that you can still enjoy golf and you can still enjoy competition and still have, and, and have a, a, a great job and still, you know, do those things um, and play lots of fun tournament golf. So I think it's, and I, I mentioned it to her again at Mary and I just said, you know, I really am very pleased that you, you put it out there. People need to know it's the women's tour is tough, you know, so it's it, or just tough financially, I should say. And, um, you know, so there's, anyway, I just think it's great for some of these girls maybe to see other options. The other thing I think it's great for is is also that she can help grow the women's mid-amateur game, obviously not right away, but in a couple of years. Because unfortunately, in my experience of what I've seen, it really is the least, I guess, populous faction of amateur golf, the women's mid-am. So I think it's great to... To, to have a, uh, it would be great for her to lead a resurgence into the mid-am game for the ladies. Yeah, definitely. I think it's, um, you know, it's different than when I was playing. When I was playing, there, I didn't play, actually. I played my Curtis Cups. I was 26, 28, and 30 years old. Yeah. Um, so the game has definitely changed in that regard. And, you know, so the mid-amateur back then, uh, I mean, there were a lot of, Mid-amateurs yeah, you weren't the, you weren't the only one. This was kind yeah. of this was. I mean, in that time in the mid nineties, I mean, yeah. actually, kind of, kind of towards the you know, the year two thousand is kind of, kind of, I think, when it really started shifting to the college players. But no, you were right there with a lot of. You know, there's a lot of mid-ams on that on those teams. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Rose Zhang, number one ranked in the world. Something that you have in common with her. You were number one ranked amateur. Um, you know, she just came came off of winning the national championship with Stanford, not only the team title but also the individual title. You know, you kind of know what that feels like, just like she does, where you're kind of at the top of the mountain, where a lot's expected of you, and a lot is when you expect a lot out of yourself. But from everything that I've seen out of her, she just handles it so well, and I really enjoyed seeing her in the team environment where. It, it, she also, I, I mean, I've seen her in, in collegiate events, but it also, it just seemed like she just really enjoyed the team environment where she could just be kind of one of the girls and not number one ranked in the world, Rose Zhang. Um, what what did you see out of her, maybe her two times on the team, how she kind of embraced the team environment and maybe didn't have to carry that number one ranking with her that week because it didn't matter? Yeah, I mean, Rose is great. She's a wonderful person in general i mean just and i've watched her now i think let's see she's 18 or 18 maybe 19 i guess she's 19 i think she's 19 yeah um so i've seen her since 2019 to three years so since she was 16 i mean i've so i've seen her you know grow up a lot and mature a lot and not i think she was already pretty mature at 16 i have to say yeah yeah, i (laughs) I would agree and she's definitely not uh, like a 19 year old either at this point but um you know, Rose is, as she's, uh, without being a professional, she is a professional. I mean, right. she just carries herself so well um, in every way. She has a lot of pressure on her. I mean, I'm sure. I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine. The, she has a lot of, you know, people pulling at her, um, 
commitments that she has to make here, you know, for lots of different things. And she handles it all very gracefully. Um, and she's just, she's just plain nice. I mean, she goes about her business. She practices. Yeah. I, I let them, you know, I, I, I felt like, you know, there was nothing I could tell these girls <laughs> in how to prepare their games or anything like that. So I didn't, I mean, I just said, you all, figure it out, you know, do it the way you want to do it. And uh, I think she led, uh, led the team and, and, you know, just sort of said, you know, I'm going to, I'd like to play nine holes and work around the greens and, you know, nine. So they did that in Conway and then they did that again at Marion. So just nine holes each day and, you know, 18 holes one day here and there. It's just, but she was really, she's just very thoughtful um, about her game and how she prepares and, but she's able to have fun with everybody. And I don't know, I probably got some grief for this, but I, you know, I, you probably know that I did not play um, Rose and Rachel Heck um, the morning, Saturday morning at Marion. Right, right. They, you know, took that totally in stride and they had a little pot of uh, sparkles that Megan Stasi, who's a former Curtis Cup player um, sure. and was out watching. Yeah. So she gave us, and those, those two, Rachel and Rose went around and sparkled every child on the grounds yeah. and I, they had the best time doing it. And I think, you know, they said, like, we've, we've never, you know, gotten to do this before. Right. Right. Because <laughs> they're, they're like, Oh, well, well we're, we're Rose Zang and Rachel Heck and we have to play every session and we have to know, lead. Like, yeah. And they got, no, we get to actually kind of, yeah, we we can support the team, and I think that's no, and yeah. they they totally took it in stride. I think they had a blast doing it, and you know, I told them that they were welcome. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> brilliant! That's the, the the brilliance of my captaincy. I knew you needed. Uh, yeah. I knew you needed to do that. Yeah, for sure. No, it, it uh, yeah, it was, and it was so fun to to see them um, embrace it. So for me. Well, I, I, that's something that I, well, actually, now that you mention it, you know, that's one of the things I, I really liked seeing so much is how engaged not only Rose and Rachel, but it seemed like all of your players were just so engaged with the fans. And especially, like you said, the, the, the young girls and boys that approached them for pictures and autographs. And then the, the, of course the glitter face paint, I know was very popular and, and, mm. and unfortunately that I don't think, other than maybe a little snippet on TV, I don't think that fans would really understand it and see it as much unless they were there in person. And, and fortunately, I was there to really see it. And the GB&I team was was fantastic as well. But yeah, was was this something, not that you have to tell your team, hey, be nice to the kids. That's, no. not, that's not what I'm getting at. But was this something yeah. that maybe consciously you mentioned to your team as, hey, this is Yes, we have we have golf to play. We have we have a cup to win uh, and retain. But this is also an incredible opportunity to, you know, make an impact with 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 young young kids. Is that something that, that was ever mentioned, or did that just kind of happen organically? It it happened organically, and I, it's, I will say it started last year at Conway. Okay. They, um, I mean, and I didn't. You know, I don't know the players. I've watched them in collegiate tournaments. I haven't seen them with uh crowds of people and with young children but right. they they were amazing they they went out of their way to every little child they saw in wales last year i mean they would get down on their knees they'd look them in the eye right. they would get to get on their 
on the level with that child, ask them their names, give them golf balls or pins or, you know, whatever. I mean, they were unbelievable and it showed, and I mean, they got really good positive feedback, you know, which I think makes them all want to do it more, all the, you know, all the players for, because the, the British fans were so enthralled with them, with our, with the USA team, because they really, really, they noticed um, how good they were with the children, especially, and, um, and, and other fans too. And they just, and, and also with each other, they, I mean, the, I had more, more of the spectators. I mean, if I didn't hear it once, I heard it a million times, your team, they are so relaxed and they're having the best time. They have the biggest smiles in their faces, you know, and that's, I think that is, you know, one of the, well, what is great represented representation of our country for mm-hmm. first of all, and of themselves and the game of golf. And, um, you know, I think because they were so relaxed, that's why they play well. No, it's, it's, it was so much fun to see. Like they just, I mean, there were kids like chasing after them. Like I, and I, I I can't remember what the, who the player was. I'm thinking it was Rachel Keene, but I'm not sure, but there was a kid that came up. It was either Rachel, it was Rachel Keene. I'm sure of it. But this kid came up and and she was like, I already got a picture with you or I, 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 we already, I gave you this or I saw or something like that. But it was like, (laughs) it wasn't just like a random interaction. It was the same kids that were following the team the entire day. Um, No, and they would, and the the children, I I remember they, you know, they might every once in a while come over and ask me for my autograph. (laughs) (laughs) And this was more in common. In fact, I didn't do it here, but I would say, who's your favorite player? Uh-huh. <laughs> they would always have a different person. You know, it was always right. a different person, but it was just fun. They knew all their names. They knew exactly who they were. They, and they would, um, you could see some kids following who they're, you know, ones that they really connected right. with. Right. Well, there was one player, one, one uh, child with, I think it was a teddy bear or something that was always around and, and, um, yeah, it was just, it was really cool to see. It was really, really cool. Well, there's a little girl, um, shoot, I can't remember her name, but she, Isabel, I think maybe. Yes, or, yes, you're right. And she was close yeah, with Rose, she, right? or no, Rachel, Rachel Heck. Rachel, Rachel Heck. And, yeah. you know, she, they made friends at the Women's Am last year. And so she came to the Curtis Cup too. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That was, uh, That's incredible. Yeah. It's it so cute. Awesome. Well, yeah. well, speaking of smiles on faces, let's talk about the U.S. team introvert, Megagane, uh, probably the... the yeah, the, the, introvert. The, the, <laughs> yes, the, the greatest uh, job of your captaincy clearly is to get quiet, shy, reserved Megagane out of her shell to show some of her personality. And yes, this is incredibly sarcastic. But uh, <laughs> ha- have you, I mean, you know, mega is i mean as her name states i mean mega personality um have have you i mean can you really even describe her i mean she's she is i mean i i guess yeah every superlative you can give unique personality uh larger than life really i mean she is she's going to be on the team more than once it seems and she's just a show i mean it's just an entire show with her yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're, you're going to, yeah, you'll need to take, o- you'll have to take over. I don't know what else to say about her. You haven't but. left anything for me left to say about her. Uh, no, she's, no, she's fun to be around. I mean, yeah, she's, um, uh, she's easy, you know, makes it easy. I don't yeah. have to. Do it. <laughs> it's good for me because I'm, I am a little more of an introvert. So, 
she, um, you know, I don't know if you look at all the pictures and things like that over the years, she's always like kind of right there in the center. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's the, without being on social media, she somehow was the social media chairman of our team last year. Uh-huh. Um, she would uh, name herself like the assistant, um, assistant to the captain of <laughs> Then, you know, she would volunteer herself to um, get mic'd up and talk on camera. Uh, this was in Conway. I don't know that. I, I think they never took her up on it. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, she is, as you said, larger than life. She's, she's very confident. Um, huge, you know, great smile and a very gregarious person. Yeah, she's a, she's a lot of fun to be at. One of my favorite memories of, of Marion is I'm walking down the fairway when she's playing in her singles match, and uh, she she yells over to me. She's like, they just let you in here and just walk around and do whatever you want to? Yeah. And, I, and I said, yeah, I can't believe they'd let you do the same thing too. It's incredible. So we just had a yeah. little fun there during her match, and then she proceeds to go on and win. But, um, yeah, a lot of fun. Your team is just, uh, you know – very entertaining the entire time. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but you know, you're, you're a three-time U S mid-am champ. As we discussed, you played on these teams and um, this, you know, just for the fans that watch this team dominate really and win by such a large margin, you know, just how good was this team? You know, you've been around a lot of amateurs, you've seen great teams, you've seen great play, but I mean, is this one of those like best team of all time conversations? I mean, is, are they that good? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're that good. I mean, I could probably put them in any uh, combination and they would have prevailed. I would think, okay. um, you know, they're, they're, yeah, they're great players. I, I mean, we have a lot of depth in our country, I think. So right now, uh, so, you know, that's a, a lot of depth, you know? Yeah. No, no, that's that's really kind of what I was kind of getting at because I know the numbers yeah. showed it, but I'm just you know you're 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 a player also you're seeing it. So obviously you're there's going to be another captain coming up soon for the Curtis Cup team, and you're getting back into playing. And and as I said previously, you know you had you know winning the 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 women's amateur for Tennessee. I'm not going to say that s word. That doesn't. I'm not going to bring that up. But you want it. You want an amateur in twenty in twenty twenty, and you want to another uh, ladies national golf association championship in 2021 um, seniors no yeah, see i don't like saying that seniors cuz i don't want anybody to think it was something else all right sarah <laughs> you said it i didn't want to say it but anyway this is something again just that we we let off the episode talking about this and this is something i think it's great but what has been the biggest challenge for you after the layoff has it been physical or has it been kind of getting kind of that you know mental focus back and and kind of you know remembering what it feels like to make that five footer under pressure like what what for you has been like the biggest challenge i mean i don't know if i can i if i don't know if i can identify one big challenge i feel like it's all been challenging <laughs> uh, it, i mean it's all a mountain i can't get up the hill it is but i mean that's actually part of what's sort of fun to me in some ways okay. um i mean i i think i've always you know, that's one of the reasons I like competition is because you can me- you can measure your um, improvement in the game or whatever game it is. Or you know, and so there was a while there that I I didn't you know I was happy not playing golf because um, you know I, was, I had already been kind of at the top of my game and I was all I was just doing was going down and it was frustrating. So sure. I 
pretty much stopped. And now I'm now now I've accepted it. I guess now at this point I've accepted I'm not very good. So now I'm trying to build back up. <laughs> so, um, and but it's been fun, and that's it's, I've had a great time watching the girls. And I'll ask them questions. I'm like, how do you hit that shot? How do you? And and I'm frustrated that I can't hit it. Even you know. That, that's, that's usually as far as they do, but um, and I'm short even for the seniors. Like I'm, I don't know what it is, but uh, you know, um, it's been probably the mental, um, the mental part's the hardest. I think getting uh the concentration back. I mean, your your concentration is a muscle, just or you know, your brain muscle. That's that's part big part of it. Finding um finding somebody I click with to work with has been hard. Um, I, you know, 22 years is a huge gap of equipment changes. I mean, when I played my last big tournaments in 96, I still had two persimmon woods in my bag. Um, you know, so that was a huge change. It is a huge change. Um, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all hard. (laughs) That's got to be interesting. Golf is hard. Golf is hard. Yes. I'm going to quote you on that. That's got to be fun though, for just the team uh, environment when you're going up to a Jensen castle or you're going up to a Latana stone and say, Hey, how do you hit that shot again? They're looking at you like, you're the captain. You're the one that's won three mid-ams. What do you, wait, we need to be coming to you. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I need, I can't, I need to relearn though. (laughs) I couldn't remember. That's awesome. That's got to be fun. I'll get you out of here on this one. Two names that are most likely being floated around somewhere in the inside the halls of the USGA as potential future Curtis Cup captains would have to be uh, a Brenda Corey Keene, a former teammate of yours on the 96 team. And then, of course, you mentioned Megan Stassi, four-time U.S. mid-amateur champion. I know that's not your call. Someone else is in charge of that. But obviously, I'm, I'm guessing they've been great sounding boards for you. What advice would you share with the next captain? And I don't mean how to get the W and how to win, but like how to enjoy it. Like what advice would you have for the next captain? Like here's how you get the most out of this so that when you're done, you look back and say, I had so much fun doing this. Um, I think just um, enjoying every process, like going to the collegiate tournaments and watching them play and getting to know the, the girls um, some of their families and, um, and then just in the practice sessions, really getting to know them. Um, and just, I don't know, I, I, I did, a, I just observed them a lot. I had fun with them. They're, they're all so sweet and kind and, um, competitive, but they have other interests and, um, I don't know. I would, I just would, um, just enjoy being around the girls. I mean, that's, that's the most, that's the most fun and just watching, seeing how they interact with others. And, you know, I was very fortunate, I think in my group, in this group, you, you talk about, we talked earlier about if them, they were the best group player playing wise, which I think that you could definitely make an argument for that. <clears throat> but I, to me, they were the best group um, with how they interacted with each other and with the people around them. And, you know, they made my job extremely easy um, I just had to, you know, watch good golf, pair them up together and, uh, let them do, let them be who they are and let them, let them play the way they play and let them practice and prepare the way they practice. So, I mean, they, 
they made my job easy and I'm proud to have um, been able to captain them, captain the majority of the, of the group two times. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll remain friends. Captain, it was a pleasure uh, getting to talk to you about uh, your, your journey here as a, as a Curtis Cup captain. Great job leading them to victory over in Wales and again here uh, here in the States at Marion. And uh, and now you get to turn all your focus to your game. And uh, good luck with your uh, U.S. Um, amateur qualifier. Yes, U.S. senior amateur. I'll senior say amateur. It. I'll say it. I'll say it. U.S. senior amateur qualifier. Good luck with that. And again, thanks for stopping by the back of the range. All the best. All right. Thank you so much. And there you have it. Special thanks to Sarah LeBrun Ingram for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Don't forget, every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. That's also where you find your merch. Don't forget to follow Palmetto Amateur on Instagram. And we'll see you next time here at the back of the range.